What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hello, my name is Michael and together with my wife, Marsha, we talk about the intersection of minimalism and veganism on this show. Uh, In addition to weekly articles and recipes of which you can find on the minimalistvegan.com. In this episode, we're talking about chemicals, not just any chemicals, but harmful, toxic chemicals in basically all of our consumer goods and products and how we can navigate those products on shelves and in our homes. This is a a topic Marsh is particularly really passionate about and I've certainly come a long way in the journey as well to be more mindful consumers. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and it gives you some food for thought about how you consume products. Anyway, I'll check in after the episode to fill in any gaps. Chat to you soon. So, Michael, what are we talking about today? We're talking about toxic chemicals. Nice. Yes. Bit of a hot topic. Well, Mm. it's not as hot as it used to be. Mm. Well, Well, it depends which bubble you're in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. But I think because we've been so deep in other bubbles. And and people are now focusing on climate change. Yeah, sustainability is a huge thing. Yeah. But then chemicals, ironically, play a huge part in that too. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think it used to be like the talk about organics and and toxins and things I felt used to play a larger role in our lives. It's because we had an online store. Well, true. But even before that, mm. it was like before we were vegan and everything, I was like our first foray into sort of challenging the status quo and products and product consumption and things like that. So, um that's what I remember. It used to be, everything used to be about organics and then it still is, but I think we've just learned to change our behavior and habits around that. Like, I think it's just become so automatic yeah. that we don't think about it as no. much. Yeah. Um, but like, I'd love to- we have our go-tos and like we've filtered out so many things and we know what we actually want now. Yeah, true. I think maybe it's just a bit of an evolution. Mm. So it's still really important, but um, yeah, I mean, we obviously this, this, podcast and our whole brand is around veganism and minimalism but i think built into that is conscious consumerism and a huge part of that is the chemical component and the toxin component specifically because they could be good good chemicals and bad chemicals but um before we get into like the the nitty-gritty of this i just wanted to reflect back and to to ask you like when you when you (laughs) first started realizing the impact of toxic chemicals in your life i can't pinpoint exactly when it happened but i do remember it was a gradual shift some things much quicker than others but it did take a little while to kind of get my head around the whole picture and exactly how much it can be impacting my body sure so in many ways i feel like it's been, it was a lifetime ago that that happened. And I used to be the type of person that was using the types of products that most people use, right? Yep. Anything that they can buy in the supermarket. So Pantene shampoo, Colgate toothpaste, you know, perfumes left, right and center. I had a nice little collection of perfumes, especially when I was in school that I loved. Um, and I like to smell nice. And scent was a really important thing in many ways. You know, I used Dove deodorants or Nivea or, you know, those types of brands. So 
yeah, I didn't really think too much of it. It was more so performance and smell. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. There was no question of, well, what's this actually doing to me? Sure. And my body. And was it the same thing for food as well? Food was a much easier and more connected part because it's something you're putting into your mouth and into your body rather than many of us think that by putting it on our skin, it's not actually going anywhere. It's sitting on top of our skin. So that's a big misconception or just people just not knowing. Sure. So um, we'll go into that a little bit more later. But yeah, so I think food was a much quicker and more impactful in a much shorter period of time. Sure. But I've found myself taking skincare in particular more seriously than I have anything else. Like I'll eat organic food, but I won't, you know, like when we go out, I won't, obviously, it's not going to be organic. Sure. And I can't control completely where the ingredients come from. If there's preservatives and things like that, I'll let those things go. But when it comes to skincare and makeup and body care and all of that sort of stuff, I don't compromise at all. Sure. So there's the big difference, which is interesting because you're still like the food you're putting in your mouth. But I think that because your organs filter through the food, whereas when you're putting things onto your skin, it goes straight into your bloodstream. Right. So it doesn't have that filtration system and detoxification process as your organs would by filtering through food. Yeah. So there you go. That in a nutshell. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, but that was that was kind of more of where I think my journey more so became a bit more serious when my mom was becoming a naturopath mm-hmm. many years ago and I started paying more attention. You know, she was teaching me a lot and then I started health coaching and so that kind of progressively over time became front of mind for me much more. So... Um, If I wouldn't have had those things, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now in terms of my intensity. But what about you? When do you think? Because like when we first started dating, I was still using those types of products, wasn't I? Um, I mean, it was switching more to like that in between. Like if if the label said it was natural, I'd just use it, but not necessarily look at the ingredients. Like I didn't go to that extent. No, you were. Was I? Yeah. Oh, so it's been a long time. Yeah. So at and we were nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. So you were you were really intense at nineteen. So that would have been twelve years ago. Yeah. Right. You yeah you were, yeah because I just remember like because I mean for me I I had no like, I paid no attention to toxic chemicals. And most people don't. at all. Yeah. Like it didn't even cross my mind, and. <laughs> I think I'll disassociate, like the way I was taught was that like the more, like particularly with cleaning products, mm. you know what I mean? Like the more potent it was, the better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you need to bleach your shower and like you need some powerful things or you need like powerful stain remover for when you wash your clothes mm. or you need powerful deodorant, mm. you know, to keep your keep you odor free for like up to 24 hours and like so it was all about power and performance Mm. um you know even insect spray like you know everything was 
built around that type of performance. So um, if anything, as sad as it is to admit, I saw like toxic chemicals as an advantage. Um, so I didn't even really blink twice. And, and I think... Because you, I guess, you trusted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if something's going to be available for me to buy on the shelves, mm. like why why would they want to do damage to me? Mm. So, or, or, you know, compromise my health. So I, I was just trusting. Mm. And yeah, that was, that was just how I, I saw this whole situation. So then it was really you who introduced some of those other things to me because when we started dating, you were really big on organics. And I, I remember thinking, oh my God, like, like, I don't want to know about this stuff. Like, you know, because at the time I was eating meat and eggs, like, and milk. So, obviously, um, so animal products. And I th- that was your first huge sort of sales pitch to me was talking about, like, the different levels of eggs that we could buy. Mm. And, you know, all the way from, you know, the greenwashing of what's natural eggs or what's cage-free and what's organic uh, and then you're linking it back to, you know, carcinogens and then you're linking it also back to, you know, uh, hormones and how that can add to my weight gain. And like, th- this is like all the conversations we used to have. And then when we moved out together, I think because you finally had your own space mm. and ownership, I think you took it to another level because mm. you were filtering everything that came through our pantry in our house. Yeah. And I think you were analyzing bathroom cosmetics, cleaning. Like, I think it was a learning process for you but I think you were really empowered. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, you just run with it. Like for me, it was just like, as long as it performed comparatively, I didn't really care. Mm. I did care about the price. I remember that being a huge, like you'd look at beef or eggs or whatever, and then you would see that it was inevitably a few dollars more for a non-organic product versus an organic product. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit stressful for me initially because it's like, I didn't see what the big deal was. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember that being like a bit of a long journey for us. Mm. And then I remember you showed me this Dink documentary, which we'll link in the show notes as well. But it just follows this, um, this single dad who, uh, yeah, he discovers a horrible smell in his daughter's pajamas. That he just purchased for, that he j- for Christmas or something. Yeah. And then he basically went on a journey to figure out why it smelled so bad. And then he mm. ended up, um, you know, figuring out there's this so many toxic chemicals in all the products that we have mm. on shelves from toys to clothing to food, um, everywhere that it exists. So that started to open up my eyes a little bit more to that as well. And then I think just eventually over time, like in your, your mum's natural health clinic, um, you know, we had Therese Kerr. Uh, Miranda Kerr's mum, um, who's a huge um, advocate for organics and and chemical-free lifestyle. And she did some talks and that was another eye-opening experience in terms of just how chemicals exist in our lives. So it was like a really slow, progressive journey. So if you look at like minimalism happened pretty quickly, veganism happened overnight, Mm. but the whole toxins thing was like years. Well, it's not, it's actually quite a complicated well, it can be quite a complicated area to dive deep into yep. because there's a lot of uh, conflicting bits of information out there and people say different things about different chemicals. Uh, so in terms of their safety levels and all of that, so I think it just can easily overwhelm a lot of people and they just do the best that they can 
look at the label and if it says free from parabens, free from silicones, free from fragrance, free from blah, 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 a whole list of different things, sure, that are, they're okay with that. Um, and the other thing is a lot of the time, like in Australia, I don't know how it is in other countries, you don't actually, by law, you don't need to list uh, the ingredients in cleaning products. Right. So you don't even know what's inside. Yes. Um, and that's... So you're kind of forced to trust. Yeah. You kind of just need um, to roll But with. like the guy in the Stink movie, he, you know, he called around to the brand's well, he first initially called the brand that he bought the pyjamas from to ask what the smell could be. And he soon realized that it's a, like, it's a secret, it's a proprietary uh, ingredients that they were spraying onto the pyjamas. So they couldn't actually disclose or give him any information on that. Because oh, it was a competitive advantage to have <laughs> this, <laughs> this magic chemical yeah, so it's like, especially in pyjamas, you know, they need to put f- flame retardants on there. Yeah. So uh, that's where, and flame retardants are on everything now, you know, on furniture, on all of these, everything that you you buy. Most clothes have flame retardants in it, but again, they don't have to list that yep. um, as, as ingredients because it's a proprietary formula or proprietary, just, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. Um, so you end up feeling very disempowered about a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I get frustrated where you start to realize that you can't trust, but you can't have access to the information or, uh, there's conflicting information out there. So mm-hmm. it can get a little bit wishy-washy as to what, what's actually going on. Yeah. Um, and I'm not the type of person to, I'd, I'd rather be on the, uh, on the side of caution rather than just give in and be like, oh, well that should be fine. You know, like I'd rather yeah. not get it if I don't know what's in it and find something that I actually trust than just be like, meh, that'll do. And isn't that a shame that, you know, at the very minimum, it would be good to just have a level of transparency and awareness for consumers mm. to decide yeah. if this is the right product for them or not. Yeah, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, it, it's it's all a lot of it is hidden and it's unknown. Um, well, it's not even like as I said, like with cleaning products, they don't have to list it. But there's a lot of brands that and uh, products that do need to list their ingredients. Yeah. But within those ingredients, they can have something like a cluster ingredient. Yep, which again can be a proprietary formula. So, for instance, fragrance can be anything that particular one word. Yep. Um, it can be fragrance, perfume or parfum. And those three um, ingredients are pretty much, it's the same word for the same thing. So it can be anywhere up to 4,000 different chemicals in that one chemical. 4,000? Yes. Jeez. And um, even if it says for sensitive skin or no fragrance, it still might have fragrance right. in the product. So that's just an example of just one ingredient that's a cluster ingredient. Yes. That can actually have many, many thousands of hidden chemicals inside and they don't have to tell you what it is. Yeah. So even when you are looking at ingredients, you might not see what's actually in it. Yes. Yeah, which it, it look, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack in this because it's I mean when you look at toxic chemicals that can exist even in 
plastic. <laughs> so, you know, and, and there's obviously not going to be a, 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 an ingredient breakdown of packaging of a product that you're looking at. You know what I mean? So there's so many different levels to this. Yeah, but I, I think in a lot of times that when you are looking at plastic, they still have to classify the plastic. So it'll have that um, triangle with the number in it and that sort of tells you the, I think it's the rating of the plastic or the really? classification of the plastic. So the the larger the number, that's how many times that particular plastic has been broken down and remade again. Right. So for instance, if it's number two, that plastic's been has had two sort of like And this is a standard labeling on just any packaging with plastic. Yes, that's like Where? that I'm aware of. Sure. I mean, unless it's like packaging for some, I mean, I don't know if all of them have it. I haven't paid that much attention to it, but I do like if you're buying, let's say, for instance, a dishwashing uh, liquid, yeah. that'll have that triangle on it somewhere. Gotcha. And then there's this whole thing of recycling and that's a whole other episode that we've talked about before about waste. Yep. Um, so we'll link that to in the show notes as well. But I think it's just also keeping in mind the packaging is also a big thing when it comes to toxins. Yes. Jeez, it's a lot to, to break down. But I think, yeah, we... Look, Marsha spent a lot of time... Um, I think you're more of a practitioner because you actually practice this stuff daily every time you buy or consume anything. You're going through this filtering process so we'll make sure to extract that and share just you've already got insight into the way she thinks about these things but give you some really practical tips in terms of how you can start looking out for toxic chemicals in the products that you consume as well but before we do that i just wanted to i thought it'd be really interesting to go back in time and think about why companies or businesses add toxic chemicals to products Mm. like what is the purpose of that because it exists in in so many things that we consume it's got me thinking why yeah like where did that come from i mean it started i don't know the full history and i don't remember it i did learn it i don't remember the full history but i do remember that it comes from the petroleum chemical companies so it's a it's a byproduct of the petrol industry sure and they realized at some point that it was like they needed to do something with a lot of those byproducts so putting them as fillers and as hidden ingredients in in clothes in everything so for instance cleaning products skincare makeup all of those so consumer goods yeah yeah so they they a lot of the conventional ones have at multiple petroleum derived ingredients yeah so there's solutions for that which we'll talk about later but that's where it kind of so from. so this is to so this is from a um so from my understanding you're saying it's about being resourceful with the byproducts of the petroleum industry yes okay and, and, and looking selling for it cheap okay there we go yeah so yeah so there's all right, so then there's the byproduct which can be turned into a profit. Yeah. Right. So there's a there's an opportunity to generate revenue from the byproduct of the petrol petroleum industry. Yeah. And then the suppliers who purchase the chemicals or the toxic chemicals or the the, the byproducts of the petroleum industry are, are getting this at a cheaper 
cheaper rate to maybe some more natural ingredients, yeah. lowering the cost of their products. So I think, yeah. so one fundamental reason for toxic chemicals is the price yeah. to keep so price you, down. I mean, it's obvious when you're comparing body lotion to body lotion, one's conventional, one's organic, you'll see a price difference there for obvious reasons because they're not using any fillers, they're not using any preservatives and and ingredients that actually just in a way fluff up the product yes uh to either give it long shelf life to give it a so let's talk about shelf life because that seems to be like this idea of preserving yeah you know like you go into the you you walk down the aisles of a supermarket yeah and everything is uh, that doesn't seemingly have an expiry date um you know you've got soft drink that can just sit there for months on end yeah. Um, not in a fridge, not in nothing, just fluids in a bottle, mm. months on end. So, like, obviously there's an, an opportunity to sell more products if you can preserve them for longer shelf life, right? So there's been some innovation with chemicals to be able to help do that. Well, honestly, we don't need innovation. There's a lot in the natural world that can preserve. It's just might be cheaper. Sure. Um, you know, even basics like sugar and salt as to what we've grown up with, how people preserve and pickle and ferment things, just those basics, like they're good preservatives right? in that sense and they're natural. Yes. So, but it might know, cost more. Apples or like vinegars and things like that as well. So also things like rosemary oil extract, oregano oil extract, grapefruit grapefruit seed extract they're ones they're natural preservatives for to give a longer shelf life so that's and there's lots of others yeah um but they're just some of the basic natural ones that can be right. used so there are well. natural ways to to preserve products yeah okay so again it comes down to perhaps the cost and the price yeah, to do of so course. um okay and then the other thing that we hear a lot about is the um using chemicals to deter pests yes so this is well actually it exists in so many industries but i think when i think about it i think about food and crops and things like that as well yeah um what we referred to as what pesticides right yeah so we've got pesticides that we're spraying onto crops yeah to and you know anyone who's tried to grow their own herbs or vegetables would understand that you know pests are naturally going to try and eat their food snails and slugs and things like that as well and um, it can be really deflating when you're trying to grow produce but that's all part of the natural ecosystem but obviously this is going to compromise profits at scale for a lot of these farmers Uh, so we spray chemicals known as pesticides on them to protect our crops right so we've got shelf life and then we've got pesticides Um, and then we've also got you know, a lot of chemicals used to change the look and aesthetic of products. So if you look around in your house and you see a lot of the consumer goods that you have are different colors, mm. right? This could be bottles, shells, clothes, toys, anything. So how are we getting these colors? All right. So there's a natural way to do it with natural dyes, but more often than not, it's toxic chemical-based dyes mm. to create these colors and aesthetics in a lot of the products that we use so that's another reason for using chemicals the other one is to increase potency which we talked about before so having stronger chemicals to be able to uh like perfume has always been a really interesting example to me because like at some point 
fundamentally to make a perfume was derived from plants like directly from plants and you can get some beautiful scents and aromas naturally from From oils and plants and things like that as well but then at some point somebody really smart was like hey this is get this how about I've just talked to my scientist (laughs) and we've discovered that there's this new chemical that we can put into our perfumes to increase how... um, The longevity. Yeah, the longevity of the scent when you spray it onto yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, get this, it's even got a more potent smell. So we can now manipulate the natural aromas to create really specific signature smells that are going to separate our products from the rest of the products mm. um, and are going to be stronger in scent too. So, yeah, let's add all these chemicals to be able to achieve that. So, we've gone from a really natural product to adding chemicals in there to increase the potency, to increase how long it's going to last on you. And now we lather ourselves in all these perfumes which are filled with toxic chemicals. So, um, that, that's another example of, you know, innovation in inverted commas sort of disrupting natural products but fundamentally it comes down to to money (laughs) either the opportunity to make more money or to save money and that's when the innovation of toxic chemicals will come into play now unfortunately better performance because if you're looking at an, uh, an organic perfume it's not. It doesn't have those chemicals that are going to make it last longer in your skin. It's going to get absorbed much quicker, and and it might last an hour compared to a whole day. So that's where people, in terms of performance, they will trust something that's more chemical based because they get the longevity for it. Or you get white teeth. So, <laughs> okay. So we. Where did the white teeth? Because come? because it just got me thinking about. The it got me thinking about conversations you and I used to have, and I remember feeling a lot of resistance when we started talking about like toothpaste, mm. and um and you running all these numbers by me and telling me about all these harmful things in in my Colgate toothpaste, and I was just like, yeah, but my, they make my teeth whiter, and then it, that was so like I felt so strongly about it mm. that it was quite frustrating and then it got me thinking about like deodorant as well and like pretty much every consume especially in the cosmetics industry everything has been targeted to make you look and feel better about yourself yes. so your self esteem comes from the, the products that you use yeah you're absolutely right so that's been ingrained in us for decades and so every time we do look for a product, we need a specific result attached to that rather than embracing our natural beauty. So this is the thing, because I remember like in, um, you know, going through puberty uh, in, in high school and like there was a lot of conversation amongst the guys about deodorants. Like, and, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just like, oh no, you've got to get links. You've got to get links, Africa and and all these different styles of links. And then eventually I thought I became really mature and I graduated to Rexona. And um, and I, I just went onto the Rexona website because it's been, I can't even remember the last time I sprayed that type of mm. chemical onto my body. But um, I went onto their website just for fun in preparation for this podcast and I found myself laughing out loud with the marketing message from this, this their new product because 
the way they position it, it's like like they use things like breakthrough defense plus technology, you know, up to protect you from sweat for up to 96 hours. A modern blend freshened with citrus and fresh spices, a classically masculine fragrance that lasts. Like the, the way the copywriting is used to play on our greatest fears of not smelling nice or smelling unpleasantly, um, it not lasting very long, or your hair not shining, or your teeth not being white. It's like, you know, these are the things that we're up against. And a lot of these innovations and all of this copywriting and this positioning comes from these toxic chemicals. So a huge shift for me was getting trust and belief in the alternative, more natural products. That they're going to perform. That they're going to perform. Yeah, of course. Right? Um, But it's because you need to kind of rewire your brain to think differently, to not put that performance in the toxic chemicals first and try and sometimes you do have to make a compromise, but sometimes it just takes a few tries until you do find something that's going to perform just as well or sometimes even better. Yes. But, you know, like that particular ad that you're referring to when you first read it out to me, there were so many things. I was fuming (laughs) because there's so many things that is wrong with that, you know, talking about 96 hours worth of protection and actually talking about blocking any sweat coming through. When you start blocking or stopping certain natural bodily functions from happening, Mm you start to get problems. Yes. So, for instance, our bodies are designed to sweat through our pores, especially from our underarm pits. And if you're blocking that because it's it's a form of detoxifying. Mm. So, when you when you block your underarm pit from sweating or putting these toxic chemicals, that the toxins that are trying to release have to go somewhere. So they actually stay within your body and cause more problems than they do good things. Yes. And I don't want to go on record for saying this, but I will say it anyways because <laughs> um, I've heard it f- through a lot of different people talking about, especially for women, spraying these types of deodorants if they're blocking the toxins from coming out most of those toxins end up going into your breast tissue. And so that can eventually become carcinogenic and can cause potentially uh, breast cancer. Right. So I will do a little bit of digging around. Yeah, and and we've got some some links and things as well. But I think even just thinking logically about like like all the, the cautionary things, terms and conditions that these cosmetic companies have to put on their labels. Um, you know, but because treat there's it with so care, many proprietary, Yeah, but there's yeah. so many proprietary ingredients that they can, there's so many loopholes so that they can get away with so much more. Like 75, as, as it stands today, 75% of chemicals that are used in the cosmetics industry have not been tested for safety on humans. Right. 75%. So the other thing is that a lot of the newer chemicals that haven't been tested for safety, we don't know exactly what those chemicals are doing to us until 10, 20, 30 years down the track. So you're probably going to see an epidemic of problems 
in our generation in the next 10 to 20 years yeah. because of the chemicals that we have been exposed to. Yes. And the other thing that I really have an issue with that I learned and I went, oh, my God, this is so true. They will say, yes, chemicals within reason are okay. Your exposure to chemicals, to certain chemicals that potentially might be carcinogenic in larger amounts are okay. But when you look at the average person and how many chemicals they use Mm. multiple times throughout the day, their bodies cannot detoxify and process that many chemicals to actually pass them through their system, through sweat, through what, whichever way possible out their pores in one way or another. Yeah. They can't detoxify that quickly. Yeah. So it ends up getting stored in, you know, in different areas in your body. Yeah. Because then it also disrupts a lot of these chemicals mimic estrogen and hormone imbalances you know like there's so many more people that i even know that having issues with their hormones sure and i honestly believe that a lot of it has to do with the chemical burden on their body yeah and because i don't believe or know that 50 years ago many people were having as many issues as they are now with their health with their hormones and all of that sort of stuff yeah you know, like someone's going to take responsibility, but because there's so many loopholes in the system and people putting so much trust in them, they don't even pause to question that yeah. that could be the cause of what's going on. Yes. I think that it's really important to actually go back and we look at what we're using and start to switch to something that's more natural. Yes, for sure. Well said, because I mean, if you look at the 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 daily story for a lot of us. I mean, we wake up, we put on clothes. There could be chemicals in the clothes. We yeah. we have a shower and we lather ourselves with potentially you know soap that's got lots of toxic chemicals in that. And then we brush our teeth with more chemicals. And then we eat food. You know, like we've got a huge blown up apple that's super shiny or tomato that's super shiny. That's been waxed. Um, a that's been times. waxed so much versus something that looks shriveled up and and like but but then eventually start to see the beauty in something that's actually natural and organic. But you know, we go for the shiny the shiny you piece of fruit. You go for things that again, you know, the things that are sprayed, they last longer. Yes. So whereas if you go to farmers markets and buy organic produce or not sprayed produce, it won't last as long. So I think that's the other. Again, it's the same as cosmetics. You know, people, there's a perceived longevity. I mean, when it comes to produce, yes. Yeah. Um, but you also need to learn how to store things correctly and just use the produce. Yes. Don't let it go to, we waste so much food yeah as well um and so i think it's important to not overbuy mm. and just make sure that you're actually using up everything that you're that you're purchasing not let it sit there and rot yes. like that's such a waste yes so yeah but i mean we're it's it's just all around us right so okay so we we understand the the motivation for toxic chemicals to exist in products we understand the lack of transparency of these chemicals uh, when we're trying to make informed decisions. So, like, what do we do? Like, what what are some tips for, you know, somebody listening to this and is maybe feeling a little bit overwhelmed by just how many toxic chemicals they're exposed to on I a mean, daily basis? I mean, honestly, we've barely just touched the surface sure. in this podcast episode on how many things I could have talked about. Yes. 
but I know we don't want to keep it to a three-hour long episode. Yeah, and we don't want it to be super overwhelming. Yeah, because I know. can overwhelm people yeah. very easily. It's kind of like the the waste and sustainability episodes. It can quickly become deflating Yeah. Uh, when you think about how much waste is generated. It, the chemicals is no different. It, it's yeah. just literally everywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and it involves you changing a lot of what you believe in. You yeah. may have been using some products or used to buying things for your whole lifetime and then you've yeah. been asked to change that. Yeah, so but where where can people get started? Like Well, I think the most important is to start shifting your mindset and start feeling more comfortable in your own skin. Like okay. your teeth if they don't have to be bleached white looking. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you want to color your hair consider switching to a natural product or just embracing your gray hairs. Yes. Even if you're like, I've got grays, lots of them, and I'm 31, and I have had them for at least the last six, seven years. Six, seven years? Yeah, I started getting grays really? slowly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's getting more and more dominant, but yeah, it used to be. Sure. Hair dye is a huge thing. Yeah. I remember when we had failings, that online store, that was, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of chemicals and that stuff. But so just go through your products. I think the number one tip that I tend to sort of start people off is by saying what we were talking about before with fragrance. If you have a product that has that word in it, I would get rid of it because that's one thing that I just refuse to support and it's in everything. Sure. And I mean everything. So if you can try and switch to more natural fragrances and ditch your perfumes and I think so that we're, that's we're talking about everything with a scent though, right? So we're talking perfumes, we're talking about antiperspirant sprays, we're talking about cleaning toilet spray, products. we're talking about cleaning products, we're talking about Candles, car wash, we're talking about f- air fresheners, wash, air fresheners in your everything. All of that stuff. Right. So like switch to essential oils in in some form if you want you know like a diffuser or a, if you want nicer scents in your in your home um you know like just try and switch to more natural it might not be a hundred percent but i think that's something that like every time i go into a bath to a public toilet i try and hold my breath because especially when i can hear because they've got those timed air fresheners that spray every half an hour to an hour and I'm sometimes naughty and I switch them off because do you actually (laughs) if I can reach them I do um Uh, I didn't even know they had timed (laughs) that that stuff is really toxic um and yeah and as you listed all that sort of stuff we're surrounded by it everywhere Mm. you can't escape it so it's just one of those things that you learn to live with but try and do what you can within your own control. Sure. So, for instance, if I can go to a bathroom and turn the thing off, so that's within my control. Yeah. But I try and control everything I can within my own environment first. But what? Okay. So what? Okay. Even even before somebody maybe is considering purchasing new products, there's probably a lot of products you're using right now in yeah. your house right now that you're using every day. With toxic chemicals, what would you say to those people? Because, you know, like we, we talk about transitioning. Yeah. We talk about with minimalism, you know, like how far do you go with decluttering or veganism, you know, like do you give up your leather boots 
straight away just because you're vegan. And everyone's got different thoughts on that. But I think with chemicals, it's like you're literally consuming in mm. one way or another chemicals daily. Mm. So do you suggest I mean, look, you just put an end to it straight away and discard those items? That's unrealistic for a lot of people because right. that's a lot of money invested. So you're talking a few hundred dollars if you're bringing in new cleaning products. So you've got bleach, you've got washing powder, you've like got everything. all of your things right now. Mm. What So you think you use them up first? I'd use them up first, but perfume would be one the first thing that I'd get rid of because right. those things last for last for years yeah. for most people. Or just reduce your use. If you want to use it up, which I really suggest you don't, but if you want to use it up, just use it like give your body an opportunity to breathe a little bit. Yeah. So spray it once instead of three times. But... I would still get rid of it. If I, I would, I, I, I'm probably a bit more aggressive than you. I would probably just get rid of it. I mean, this is for your health, and you've also no, got no. children involved. There's pet, like there's your whole everybody in your house is affected by this stuff. Mm. I'd probably be more aggressive and just. I mean, look, I would say to but, be but more maybe, aggressive, but, but I'm just maybe, trying to be realistic yeah, as but, to how approachable sure. and aggressive. Because for us, it happened very gradually. But mm. I also think maybe it's about finding substitutes first as well yes because again like uh, you don't want to put yourself in a compromising situation where you've just gotten rid of all this stuff and then you've got nothing to use yeah um or you don't know what to get so i can understand that logic as well Mm. but i do do just want to i just want to make it clear that there should be some urgency with this yeah oh there's definitely urgency around it um but i think it can be financially impossible for some people like you know, if you can afford to throw out products and replace them, that might cost you up to $500 to do yeah. so. So if if you're in a privileged position to be able to do so, I urge you to do that. But not everyone's in that boat. Sure. So even just switching things like the toothpaste that you're using, like that's a pretty easy switch. Yeah. You know, gradually switch out your makeup. I can, I'm, I'm happy to put together if people are interested a resource of brands and products that I actually recommend and that I'm currently but, using. You know, I think that's great. I'm also curious about like how do we – like what are some of the behaviours you have to be able to navigate this world of chemicals? Because like – okay, I'll give you an example. When I, we first started dating, when I first started dating Marsha, um, I used to hate going to the shops with you. Like the supermarket. Hmm. I used to hate it. Um, because Do you still? <laughs> no, no, I don't hate it. I don't hate it anymore. But it's, it's because you would read every single label. And not just like gloss over it. You would dissect every single ingredient of every label of any product you're considering. So if you're used to this going in and doing your shopping as quickly as possible in 15 minutes and you know exactly which products that you want uh, and all of a sudden you want to change your behavior to slow down and read labels, that's a huge deal. Like you, mm. like that's a big lifestyle change. Eventually you're going to get better at it and eventually you're going to know what to buy. But I think, you know, why Marsha is where she is is because she's been so diligent and she still is to this day um, to filter out all products. But I don't actually bother reading as much anymore because I have my go-to product. So yeah. there's no point, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
at some point you kind of, you have your go-to products and your work there is done. Like yes. once you find the right toothpaste for yourself or if that one's not in stock, you have a backup. Yeah. So you've got a couple of different options for yourself. Yes. For toothpaste or, you know, for makeup or for shampoo so that you can actually um, give yourself the best chance of still being able to succeed rather than going, oh, my God, they don't have what I need or they've discontinued the product, what will I get now? Yeah. And it will become easier and easier. So there's, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of apps, but two that I'm aware of that are great for people that are looking into learning more and finding out products that are of quality um, and singling out potential ingredients are Think Dirty and the Chemical or Chemical Maze. Okay, sure. So they're two apps that I have on my phone. I mainly use Chemical Maze because I'm more familiar with that one. And that'll list you everything on there. So how does it work? So you, you just, just type in... You pop, you, so it's got... Um, you've got two se- separate sections. So you've got food or cosmetics. Right. And then depending on what you're looking at, what, what where the chemical or the ingredient's coming from, you tap that each one of those and then you've got a search bar at the top to search for certain ingredients uh so it's a um an ingredient database yes i see and then it'll break down for you what that ingredient does inside like what that ingredient does for a product yep uh where it's potentially derived from yep and what effects it can have on your body i see that's really useful but so that would still involve you um, looking at ingredients. Yeah. Right. So you still need to read the label. And I suppose like if, if I'm reading a label, right, because I don't have as much experience as you, I'll just be looking for familiarity. Right. So I'll just be looking for do I understand what this ingredient is or not? Does it look like it's made in the lab or not? Like is it is it does, does this word look like Can a I straight up it? science and chemistry or is this like a word that I'm actually familiar with? But then... But there is a lot of ingredients that look like there could be a science lab ingredient, but then when you break it down, they're actually derived from plants. Yes. And look, sometimes things that are derived from plants, depending on how they're chemically composed afterwards or how they're broken down, can actually be still harmful. So it just depends most... What about this organic? Do you like? What about organic certification when you're looking at ingredients? Yeah, so because that's probably if you're looking at... D- depends on where you are in the world because different organic certifying bodies have different standards. And actually, standards. you know what? We have an, what is organic? Organic means that it hasn't used any toxic chemicals for its production. Sure. So it can still use organic chemicals, so ones that are naturally derived. So, for instance, if um, you buy an almond oil that is organic, that means it comes from a farm where those almond trees haven't been sprayed with toxic chemicals. They potentially were sprayed with chemicals that are naturally derived. So like it can be, for an instance, it can be a a component of multiple different plant sources um, for something that's actually not going to cause the environment any harm. Sure. But then... And humans. But then there's... um, It it could... could be a product that has some organic ingredients like there could be 10 ingredients and two of them are organic 
or the whole product itself could be classified as certified organic, depending where you are in the world. So you gotta be, you gotta, you just so gotta be smart in how you read labels because some labels might say like body lotion made with organic vanilla bean. And then you flip onto the back and that organic, like you see the word organic on the front. So you think, great, it's all organic. The way that they... Which I would, which I would have used to have done. Like if I see organic on the front or certified organic label, I'm good to go. Yeah. But... So you can flip that to the back. The whole list of ingredients could be non-organic and chemical, toxic chemical based, but 0.01%, which is the vanilla bean, is the organic part. And that's what they're advertising on the front. I see. So you've got to be smart in the way that you actually read the labels, so even on the front. So you don't really care so much about what's on the front. You go straight to the back. Yeah. And so you're looking at ingredients that you understand, you run it through the app, and then do the ingredients normally tell you which one's organic and which one isn't? Yes, they have to by law. Okay. And then, well, in food products, yes, but... No, in... Oh, in all products. Yeah. Okay. If they if they have um well they if they choose not to say that something's organic and it is that's like that's silly not to sure sure but most people will put they'll either put a little asterisk next to it and then put certified organic down the bottom yep or they might put it in brackets but typically they'll have a little asterisk next to it whichever ingredient in that product is organic I see so you're looking for as many organic ingredients as possible and literally typically the first five ingredients make up anywhere up to about 75 percent of the product i see depending on how many ingredients is listed in there but typically the first five ingredients is what majorly the majority of what the product is made of and quite often could be water (laughs) yeah and that's the other thing like do you want to in conventional products they'll put aqua or water in the ingredient list as one of the first five and that's just a filler. Right. It actually dries out your skin rather than moisturizes your skin. So, all right. So, that. So do you want to be paying for water (laughs) in your products? (laughs) Okay. So, that makes sense. And, but, okay. But if you're in a toy store and and you're trying to buy toys for your children, uh, you're not going to find that type of labeling, are you? No. So what a like how would you approach complete so we're out of the supermarket and now we're we're going to a convenience store or a toy store, how would you approach that? I wouldn't go to a <laughs> toy store. Sure. I'd actually buy I'd probably go to a smaller boutique store or online and find toys that are made from natural materials like wood. Yep. Um and support smaller businesses. Sure that are doing good things or like if there is other businesses that are doing good things online, but I think it's definitely healthier for your child and for you Yes. to be buying them toys that are made of natural ingredients or natural products. And what about fashion? Like, because I I don't think particularly like, um, you know, if you're vegan, like that's one huge step. Yeah. Is just to look for clothes that are not made from animal products. Right. So that's what you're naturally looking for. Now we're saying, what about the chemicals? Mm. Okay. Well, a lot of the so, time you won't even know if there is chemicals sprayed. This is a thing. I mean, it's the dyes, obviously. Most yes. clothes will be dyed. Yep. 
But then we're wearing this. Yeah, we're wearing them. Yes. So on, on directly onto our skin. Mm. So that's kind of a big deal. So what? How how do you approach fashion or bedding or again natural material? materials? Sure. But try and avoid products that make statements like wrinkle free or because again, what's making it wrinkle free is a chemical that they've sprayed onto it. Sure. Waterproofs another one. So yeah. there's there's a lot of different. A sort of um, technological ways that they'll try and pitch a certain product to you. Yep. But they've been sprayed with chemicals. I mean, sometimes you just have to, depending if, also if you live somewhere where it snows most of the time, you will need waterproof yes. gear or if it rains a lot as well. Yep. Um, so sometimes it's just unavoidable, but just keep those things in mind when you are making purchasing decisions. Sure. And try and shop in places that you again want to support with your dollar check if it's organic check where it's made yes and see what percentage of it is made from a natural fiber yes so and that's probably a good place to start isn't it is is probably the biggest shift is um probably changing where you normally shop yeah um and that's and that's hard because a lot of the time there's a perceived additional cost. And I remember the conversations we used to have, particularly around organics and things like that. But, you know, whether it's fashion, whether it's toys, whether it's food, uh, like cosmetics, it's unfortunately, you know, walking out your door, and we've talked about this a few times on a podcast, but walking out your door and going down to a mall or department store or a place where everybody shops in your town, one, they're probably not going to have many of these alternative natural products. And two, the people that you're going to be, like shop assistants and people that you're going to be asking for help are not going to know. So it's all going to come down to you and your research. You might not be able to find enough information on the labels. So the beautiful thing about online shopping is that there's typically quite a lot of information that you can read depends on the store depends on the store in terms of what they're doing but at least there's a lot more niche stores that have a position of chemical free organic products as their foundation and if you can grow to learn to trust if you can learn to um, eventually trust that store then that's going to make your shopping experience perhaps a little bit more streamlined right Mm. because you you eventually find a hub that all they do is they curate products that do that filtering for you. Yeah. Right? So you're not, uh, like, you still, yes, you need to do your due diligence and be aware of where the materials or the ingredients are coming from, but at least they've done the heavy lifting for you. Mm. Um, so it's going to take that pressure away from you a little bit. Yeah. And, I mean, even places like Amazon, they're becoming better and better with the available products on there. You just, you still have to filter. Yes. Um, so I think it's important to, it's a valuable skill to learn because it's for life. And I've written a couple of blog posts ab- about a couple of different things on this topic. So I'll link to those in the show notes as well about um, chemicals to avoid in skincare. Sure. And the link between which we touched on at the beginning about consumerism and toxic chemicals and right. how, you know, we're advertised to in how we need to look and yes. performance and all of those things. Sure. So, yeah. And and look, and if you're, um, uh, I don't know, not to generalize, but if you're a guy, a male listening to this, um, I just wanted to to give you some assurance that it's a lot easier than you probably think. Like, uh, and, like, and question the products that you're using. Like, you might not even need, you might think that you need 
20 different products but when you start ruthlessly paring down if you're into minimalism and you know you're actually curious to start living with more intention you might not only need six to seven of those products yeah you know because you those extra few fillers and whatever else that they are you don't you don't need them Sure. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, if, if you listen to this and you're a guy and, and you're sceptical about this stuff, I can understand why you might be. But I just wanted to make it really clear from my experience in this transition, it's it's been a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And, and there's a lot of things to, like, consider as well. I don't have a beard, but, you know, looking at the, the labels of a lot of the beard oils and... And, and products that waxes people and the waxes stuff. and people are using um, and their facial hair and shaving creams and things like that. It's some really toxic stuff in those products. So, and this is something that a lot of uh, men are dealing with regularly, daily sometimes. So, there's some really cool alternative brands that have hit the market, which are, you know, completely chemical free and organic, which I encourage you to look into and and even things like the deodorant transition you know going from a spray of rexona or lynx or one of those big brands to you know deodorant paste like black chicken remedies which we use um has been a really smooth transition and in fact i've grown to really appreciate this natural product far more than what i used to use and and even things like perfume or cologne, uh, how it's positioned to us and having your signature scent. I know a lot of people sort of get really attached to particular scents because that represents their identity. Mm. Um, again, there's some really cool alternative products out there. Yes, they might not last as long throughout the day. But if, if it's not like if the product isn't, if you're masking scents, there could be a deeper reasoning as to why your body is trying. Your body's smart. It's trying to send you signals. If you smell this, there might be something wrong. Yeah. You know, your body might be too acidic. You know, you could go see a practitioner to try and uh, resolve that issue rather than just try and patch it up and block sure. those things. When you're also switching to natural products, keep in mind, especially when it comes to deodorants, that your body is going to detox double, double the amount of time at the beginning because it's actually trying to release the toxins that you've been blocking sure. for a really long time. So if you smell or sweat a little bit more than normal when you start to use those natural products, don't be put off and say that they don't work. Because it can actually just take your body adjusting to, because it is a massive adjustment for your body yeah. to go from using chemical-based um, toxic deodorants to a natural one. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, or, or toxic-based chemicals in any cosmetics to natural ones, I think is a huge transition. But yeah, yeah just, just like it, you feel better. Like you really do... And you, you feel better and you become more sensitive. Like, and, and my senses are not like super strong. Um, when mm. it comes to to chemicals, but I certainly notice it a lot more than what I used to mm. uh, since if using walks natural in alternatives. The room yeah. with perfume, you can I can smell it before they've even walked in the room. Yeah, so you can become a little bit more sensitive to it, but that's actually a good thing because you are not surrounding yourself with those smells as much. And yep. don't wait until you get sick to start changing things. And I think that's the sad thing that a lot of people do, and that I. You know, I believe my mom sees in her practice as a naturopath is that a lot of people, when they start to get sick, that's the only time when they start considering switching 
because they're not aware of it earlier until they go and see someone and, you know, point out that there could be things that they could make as lifestyle changes to actually help their body get better and heal better. Sure. And I just, (laughs) so I should just say that there are still some products that we consume that do have toxic chemicals. It's hard to get away from this completely, whether it's packaging and plastic, you know, whether it's just some clothing that you just couldn't get organic, whether it's some food you couldn't get organic. It's, it's so deeply... It's not even that it's just not organic, that it's made from harmful ingredients. Yeah, it's made from harmful ingredients. I just think it, it it's kind of hard to get away from completely, but... And especially if you don't live in your bubble, you know, you step out the door, there will be things that, as I said before, that are not controllable. So yes. you will still surround yourself, but it's much, much less. And your body can actually naturally help to fight those things off and not let it affect it. Yep. As much as if you were to be willingly putting them on every day. Yep, absolutely. And at the end of the day, like it it doesn't, I don't know, as a consumer wanting to know where my products are coming from, you know, I, I don't like the idea of things being like natural ingredients being manipulated so much mm. when there's so much beauty and so much like, like the environment provides everything that we need for us. Uh, for us, for our bodies and our health to thrive. And I don't like the idea of that being completely intervened by all these chemicals. So I, I just think that like, as we're trying our best to get back to the most natural possible ingredients you could be using. And unfortunately, it's a lot harder than it needs to be. But you're going to feel a lot better, even you're going to have a peace of mind to be able to sleep well at night knowing that you are um, trying to consume as many things that don't involve any chemicals. Yeah. And there's something to feel good about. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, let's end it there because otherwise we'll talk for another half an hour. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, let us know if you want some more episodes like this one. You know, as Marsha said, that we're, we're just scraping the surface it's like in terms when it comes to, to chemicals. And if you want any specific examples, we'll try and link to all of the blog posts that we've written. Um, and if you have any questions through ingredients about specific like that. things that you're struggling to find in your area yeah, and all that sort of stuff, because I know that it can be tricky depending on where you are in the world. It is, as we said before, it's going to take some time. But it's better to start that process sooner rather than later. Yep. Just sure. try not to overwhelm yourself. Yes. Because then you'll probably just put your hands up <laughs> and go too hard basket. Yep. Yeah. No problem. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. We'll chat to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. So there it is. Episode 34 of the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that one. There's going to be a ton of links to resources for this one uh, which you can find at the show notes theminimalistvegan.com slash 034 that's theminimalistvegan.com slash 034 and as we mentioned in the episode if you have any questions about this topic or want to uh, want us to explore something more specific within toxic chemicals in future podcast episodes please feel free to reach out to us on social media or directly through our website if you haven't already would love your support to leave your honest rating or review on whatever podcast app you listen to the show whether that's spotify itunes stitcher or what google google's got a podcast player Uh, there's heaps of them so yeah would love your your feedback as it helps people decide if the show is right for them Anyway, here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Peace.